Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. This weekend is the Hamilton finale. Hamilton is a true test. We did struggle there last year, and uh, but, you know, we've come a long way in 12 months. Dick Johnson Racing restructures, and Brad Jones changes its engineering lineup. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Championship Series leader Will Davison has talked about heading to Hamilton for this weekend's 400. With FPR on a roll, he's looking forward to seeing the New Zealand fans, who of course are right behind the series. It always is a good atmosphere, no matter where you go in New Zealand. They always get right behind their Fords and Holdens and V8 supercars. Always put on a great show and uh, I'd certainly love to uh, certainly win one at Hamilton before we hopefully move somewhere else in NZ. Davison knows how tough the Hamilton street track is. The street track's all about confidence. They're always, uh, you know, no room for error. You've really got to be at one with your car. You've really got to risk everything. So when you've got a car that you really feel at home in, uh, that can help you get to that limit quickly and hopefully safely. James Courtney has tested the last current generation V8 supercar at Winton last weekend before the series moves to the car of the future in 2013. He will race the car for the first time at Hamilton and it will become a very special piece of history. Yeah, it's good it's, uh, to have the last car of the current generation is, is fantastic. It's, um, you know, it's pretty special for me to get given the last HRT Commodore built to the current regulations. And, um, you know, it's going to be a little piece of history that I get to race for the rest of the year. Courtney talked about how the car performed. Yeah, uh, we'll roll it out at at New Zealand. We're running it here today and it's all running really quite well. There's been no dramas, which is a great sign. Uh, We'll roll out at at, uh, at New Zealand with a brand new car and see how we go. The Holden Racing Team will now have one race-ready car. Courtney says that it's important for the season to have this moving forward for the rest of 2012. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing to have in case, uh, especially with the races, the way they're coming closer and closer together. Uh, more and more street races that we're doing, it's, uh, it's a good you know, little security blanket to have. We don't really want to be using it, but uh, it's good to have it there in case there's... With more races and a tighter schedule expected in the V8 supercars, how important will having race-ready spare cars be in a new strategy under the car of the future? No, it's definitely, it's definitely the way of the future. Uh, with more of the races coming... 
Uh, we're going to be doing more races, so the, the season's going to be more compact, and you're going to need spare cars. So. Last week, we talked about the New Zealand family who had lodged an injunction on the race officials about getting the Hamilton race stopped. Well, they've settled their differences out of court for an undisclosed amount. In an official statement, V8 Supercars is paying a contribution towards the cost of alternative location accommodation. Alternative local accommodation. Brad Jones Racing has announced that Phil Keed will be transferred across to engineering Fabian Coulthard's car. Andrew Edwards will work with Drayson Bright for the rest of the season. Dick Johnson Racing has announced they'll be splitting their four-car team with the departure of Malcolm Swetnam. Richard Swan will look after the Johnson and Moffat cars with Cameron Clancy managing the Fiori and Owen rides. In other news, Jack Perkins will drive for Gary Rogers Motorsports in the Enduros. Tony D'Alberto has secured High Flex Mobile Host Service as their major sponsor for the rest of the year. FedEx Magazine has reported that the TBA around on the calendar is close to being abandoned. You can read more about that at vadex.com.au. Max Pappas is heading to the V8 Supercars at the Gold Coast with GT regular Peter Knox sharing the drive in James Moffat's car. Gianna Nmobabdelli has been named with Dean Fiori and Boris said paired with Steve Owen and that's the news on the V8 Insiders after the break Jacob Black and Peter Norton will join me to look at the final Hamilton event when we return on the V8 Insiders News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from speedtv.com.au, it is Jacob Black. Good evening, Jacob. Hey, that's me. How you doing? Not too bad, as I'm sure Peter Norton, coming in from the nation's capital, is enjoying the lead-up to Hamilton, the last one in the Waikato Chiefs area, who, of course, I think got slammed by the Brumbies there earlier in the year. Uh, yes, good evening, Craig and Jacob. Um, uh, yes, Canberra's in the wars in terms of uh, you know, profile and publicity. We've had high-profile people overseas saying it's... Uh, uh, not the great city that it really is. So, uh, yeah, be careful what you say. We're a bit sensitive about that. Mm. And, it and always makes me laugh when you Canberrans say that Canberra's a city. It's interesting because the greatest disappointment for Tony Cochran, as in, uh, in Gordon Lomas's book, was that Tony Cochran failed to get Canberra up to its full potential and that the event was eventually scrapped. So it's interesting, Canberra is a place that uh, you can't treat lightly. We won't, because we're going to talk about Hamilton. And, uh, well, we're going back to the scene of probably the second biggest defeat on V8 Supercars calendar. And it's not been through their making, is it, Peter? They've inherited something that 
just inherently has had dramas right from the start. Um, yes, uh, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to go to Hamilton the, the first two years that they ran the race, and um, they put on a fairly good show. Um, the, the track, they've, they've made the best they possibly could out of what's available, uh, and as the track goes through their parkland area, it works quite well. It does get a bit boring as it goes down through the uh, light industrial estate, and there's not many spectating opportunities through there. Uh, but overall, it's you know I, I've seen worse. Um, year one, I think their their biggest, most embarrassing thing was that the the angle of the main grandstand meant that some people couldn't actually see the track. Uh, they paid for a grandstand seat, and all they could see was a concrete wall, and they could hear a car racing along behind it. Um, they learnt from their mistakes pretty quickly uh, and uh, improved the race. But I think ultimately it's hard to draw a crowd uh, to a, a regional city. You have much better chance of getting the crowds to make that a commercial success uh, if you're closer to Auckland. Well, it's interesting, Jacob, because it is the last event. There's been talk of injunctions and all sorts of things going on over there because uh, one family was getting what they said, locked into a cage of their home. Well, it's just been one of those events that never got any traction. Yeah, oh, it's, um, and it's a shame because it, was, it, it is a great track and it does put on great racing. Um, yeah, it's out in a regional area in a, in a not massively populated place. Yes, it's, 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 you know, it's home to, a, to an enormous amount of, of sort of grey nomads and, and immigrants from the, from the old country, from England, who have come down and to run a nice peaceful bed and breakfast and things. And, and I just think that um, the demographic in the area didn't, uh, didn't match up to what they needed for the race and the crowds didn't work. There were some issues, teething problems in the first couple of years that they never overcame. I'm, just, I'm actually just really sad that, that Hamilton's going because I, I really enjoyed that race. I thought it was a great one. Mm. I always found that light industrial area reminding me of the uh, former Detroit Formula One and then IndyCar Grand Prix circuit, which, as Peter said rightly, it was just that bit boring. Jamie Winkup's on the white flag lap, and he tells you a completely different story of that section of the track. But whilst we talk Jamie Winkup, he's looking to uh, knock off his good mate Will Davison this weekend, and he should be confident to do that because he has had four race wins. In 2009, 2010, he was untouchable. Remember in 2008, though? He got a hold of Jack Perkins and they rode off the Triple Eight Falcon before he even got out onto the track. Peter, it is a track that can be merciless. Well, that's right. It's got so many, uh, so many concrete walls, not a lot of runoff space. It won't take much to do a whole lot of damage. And uh, it's the, the nature of street circuits in some respects. People have bogey tracks that uh, attract that kind of drama. It dents their confidence somewhat. And uh, you've got to be pretty gutsy to move on from that. Jacob, FPR are talking it up, aren't they? They know they haven't had great results here and they're saying this is the last frontier until we get to the next track that they haven't done any good at, like, let's say, Sandown and Bathurst. <laughs> well, that's very true. But I think, um, you know, yeah, they're confident at the moment. They're riding, they're riding an enormous wave of momentum uh, coming into Hamilton and that's, that's always going to keep them... Bouncy, you know what it's like in this sport. Once you get a little bit of momentum and a bit of a rhythm up, that rhythm has a, has a tendency to keep on going. 
The problem for them at the moment, though, is that Jamie Wincup's got a similar amount of momentum, if not more. He's got a good rhythm going as well early in the season, and he's got those four wins there. So, um, you know, if, I think that, uh, that Ford Performance Racing will continue to be strong as they've been in the first part of this season at Hamilton, but I don't think they'll have enough to get over the top of, of, uh, of Jamie Wincup, at least. We know that Craig Lount um, doesn't have the best relationship with Hamilton. Mm. Of course, Garth Tander is the, uh, well, the HRT leading light, and he won the first three races held at Hamilton. Of course, that was in the uh, sprint race uh, format, Peter, in the first year you were over there. Um, yes, the uh, being a street circuit, being a bit tight in spaces, it doesn't have uh, as many passing opportunities as people might like. Uh, so I think that the... Uh, the, the longer distances, you know, it shakes out a, a different style of race, and I think that may be part of the, you know, the changing fortunes from the, those early days. Um, it also has a, a couple of spots that can catch people out, and I just hope and hope and hope that they get the, the arrangements right for the, the chicane uh, along the, uh, that, that straight through the industrial area. That's the chicane that people clip the uh, tyres and go flying, um, and it has sparked so much debate over the years about whether they should have the tyre bundles there or not. Mm, of course, last year was notable for the two results in the races, Rick Kelly getting Jack Daniels, Kelly Racing's first win, Jacob, and then Shane Van Gisbergen taking what was the race result that stopped the land of the long white cloud with his first ever V8 supercar victory. Didn't the Kiwis get up for that one? And it was a great weekend last year for those two sort of upset results, really, those against-the-odds results. And and that's one of the things that the charm of, of Hamilton is that they are sort of capable. I know that in... Years before that as well, there's been some, some unexpected faces on the podium. It's, um, it'll be interesting to see if, if Shane Van Gisbergen can, can do a bit of a Greg Murphy and, and, and ping these last two races at, at Hamilton because, you know, maybe this has turned into sort of his track now. But after one win, you can't really say that, that, that that's the case. It's, um, it's good for the sport when guys who are not Jamie Wincup and not Will Davison and not Mark Winterbottom and not Garth Tander uh, are dominating at these events, but it's you know it would have been a, it would have been even better if if Shane Van Gisbergen could get back up if we were still going to keep going back to Hamilton. Mm, well, we're not going back to Hamilton. The mail. I know, but I'm sad about it. I'm just very sad about it. I can't shake it. The mail is that we are going back to Pukekohe, which has unleashed a storm over there in New Zealand about where New Zealand motorsport is headed. And, Peter, I don't know if you've had a look at any of the uh, general newspapers in New Zealand this week, but there's been quite some ferocious reporting about has New Zealand motorsport lost the plot completely. And uh, there it seems to be quite a big rift going on over there. And this of course, isn't going to bode well for any next promoter of V8 supercars in the country. Um, Craig, I haven't seen those particular articles, but I, I can imagine the, the debate that would be forming there. And in some respects, we've had a little bit of it here. That we've had the growth of street circuits uh, without the corresponding uh, investment in permanent circuits. Now, in New Zealand, they have invested a bit of money in a permanent circuit, being the Hampton Downs uh, circuit. Um, has some impressive infrastructure, 
but then again in other areas it's um, you know it's a bit short it doesn't have the resource consent uh, approvals that allow very large crowds for example um, so it doesn't quite stack up financially so that's sort of forcing uh, New Zealand motorsport to go to a uh, an old track, uh, a track that hasn't kept pace with uh, safety standards and other things. Um, it does have some convenient uh, uh, attributes that the uh, the, the Pukekohe circuit, you know, the people from Auckland can jump on a train. Um, some of those sorts of things are very much uh, in the plus column. But, um, you know, it's probably not the kind of facility that you want to grow as your premium uh, circuit uh, for the future of the sport. Now, Jacob, just remember, Hamilton's gone. Get over it. Where should they go next? Oh, I would have liked to have seen them go to Hampton Downs. I really thought it turned on some good racing for the for the New Zealand Domestic Series over there when they were there the other month. Um, although, again, that, that circuit, you pass it on the way from the airport when you're going down to, to the Hamilton 400. So that's got the same regional area issues and all the issues that Peter just talked about. Uh, I don't know enough about New Zealand geography and I never got to go to Pukeko, so I'm not sh- quite sure how far it is from a from a proper city. Um, but I, I'm always astounded when a category goes back to somewhere that it left swearing it'd never go back to because it wasn't good enough. And then, lo and behold, several years down the track, all of a sudden we're back there and it's the saviour of a New Zealand V8 supercar round. Mm, we've got to go to a break, but I'll leave you with this thought. If they go back to Pukekohe, how soon to Eastern Creek? We'll have more on the V8 Insiders right after this. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. I left you pondering a question, Jacob Black and Peter Norton. How soon do we go back to Eastern Creek if Pukekohe comes back onto the schedule? Peter? Well, uh, with the uh, the TBA round later in, in the year, but, uh, in November, um, I kept asking people, do I need to book accommodation in uh, Western Sydney, you know, somewhere in, in New Parramatta, for example? Um, I don't think that's where they will go to fill that date, uh, just as too close to the uh, to the Homebush round, for example. So, uh, you know, the tea leaves are saying that that round won't happen. It will simply be uh, a gap in the calendar. Um, yeah, it's interesting as the uh, the GFC hits some of the countries that V8 supercars would like to grow and expand into. Um, it's making the, the growth plans a little bit harder because the GFC has trickled on uh, a lot longer than people had hoped. Um, yeah, Eastern Creek may be there. Who knows? Mm, I think it's GFC 2 now. Jacob? Oh, I, I think we'll go back to Eastern Creek when, it, when they fill in the tip and cover it with some sort of airtight dome so we don't have to smell it anymore. That would be, that'd be handy. Um, I All don't right. know. It, 
Yeah, that'll do me. <laughs> All right. We've got plenty of other issues to talk about here. It's uh, good to see Jack Perkins getting a gig at Gary Rogers Motorsport. Perkins was uh, fantastic, actually, on the Channel 10 Grand Prix coverage with uh, a good friend of ours here on the V8 Insiders in uh, in Richard Kral. But, uh, well, with Big Jack getting the uh, Guernsey at GRM, it means he's heading back to Melbourne for those Enduros where he made his life up on the Gold Coast lately. Jacob? Good thing for GRM? I think it's a good thing for GRM. Jack's a handy steerer and he and he puts a lot into the uh, and he puts a lot into the Enduros. Um, it's uh, it's interesting that Walkinshaw Racing didn't didn't go with him and, and put him back with Ingle. Um, but obviously they've they've got an, they've got other plans. Uh, him going to to GRM's great. I think uh, hopefully he's with some. Um, you know, I think it'd be great if he was with Michael Caruso. I think they'll they'd do pretty well there. Um, if he goes with Alexandra Prima, then you wonder how good it is a move for Jack Perkins. Um, but a guy of his calibre, I'd, I'd expect that he'll be teamed up with Michael Caruso, and I think they'll be on a you know they'll be a big chance for a podium or better. Peter, um, I find Jack's career quite fascinating to to watch. Um, a lot's been said and written about other sons of guns, the uh, you know the the, the Moffats, um, the Johnsons, you know the, the second generations there that are proving quite successful. Um, you know, Jack uh, had was fortunate enough to get some early breaks in his career that no doubt were helped by having the Perkins surname. But and he keeps working at it. He's nibbling around the edges, and he just seems to find it hard to convert that back into a, a full-time gig. Um, I'd love to see him do well with GRM and you know, convert his personal brand as something that just doesn't have to hang off the uh, uh, the edge of his dad's team. Mm. Now Tony D'Alberto has lined up a sponsor, Peter, which is great news for the. Uh fourth of the FPR cars, which is sort of getting a little bit forgotten with the results of the three cars that are prepared in the factory workshops. Um, yes, it's great to see Tony uh, convert his, uh, you know, his, how his performance on track is growing. He runs a, a very professional kind of uh, a show that he puts on. Um, he's, jumped, he's jumped around a little bit trying to find that sweet spot in terms of uh, running your own team or, uh, you know, being a, a contract, uh, having the, the team supplied under contract by someone big, um, and he's run a you know, fairly plain car for the first couple of rounds using sort of a, uh, associated sponsors. It's great to see it finally convert. Uh, great to see a, a new brand on some of these cars. Uh, Highflex Mobile Host Service is the, the team or the, the company that's getting behind him for the for the rest of the year. And uh, looking at the pictures online, the car looks pretty attractive. Hmm. Jacob? Oh yeah, the car looks good. Tony bounces in and around the, the top five and the top ten regularly enough now that, that he that he deserves a sponsor. Um, you know, he's doing everything with, with a very limited budget. He's got all the pressures of sort of being the boss of his own team in a lot of ways and and he's still managing to get, you know, reasonably consistent top ten results. So um, I think that it's great that someone got on board and got behind him. Hopefully they stick around for the full season and hopefully he can do enough to to keep him on for next season. So, you know, I think Tony D'Alberto is someone that deserves a, a sponsor. I think Jonathan Webb deserves a sponsor too. And, um, you know, hopefully hopefully we get a full car, a full grid of colourful-looking 
properly sponsored cars by the time we get past Hamilton. Yeah, that's the thing. We've still got those two white cars with Jonathan Webb and Michael Patrese still and on I the think, grid. And I just, you know, I understand why they need to leave those cars blank and, and they, want to, they want sponsors to be aware, hey, you could be here in this space, this is blank. But I just think that it devalues the entire series when we run a car blank, that we make it look like a like a like an unprofessional category, um, and that just some sort of graphic on that car at all, even the QR code thing that they did at the test day, just to give us an opportunity to, to see cars that look like they've been presented with some effort and some and with television audiences and, and aesthetics in mind because I think it looks unprofessional. I think it, it deters sponsors more than it makes sponsors say, hey, I can put my name in there. What do you think, Peter? Um, well, it's funny this comes up here. Um, Neville Wilkinson shared with me some very good business wisdom many, many years ago. And his phrase was that um, to be professional, first you must look professional. And it was used in the context of um, uh, you know, getting people to support your business and uh, you know, to treat you with the, you know, the, the proper respect, how to open doors um, at, at high levels. And I think that also applies to having a white car. People don't take it quite as seriously. Um, if it had some you know, graphic design on there, it, it just looks like a more professional offering to a potential sponsor. Uh, plain white, it drags everything down. Mm. Of course, talking about teams and the way they're operating, Peter, I know you understand business well, and I'm going to ask you, if I had a four-car team, someone left, is it a good idea to split it into two two-car teams? It, I think it just depends on uh, the market that the sponsors are going for. Um, some sponsors only want the, the one car. Uh, others want the, the mega team. Uh, it really is uh, horses for courses. I think to be attractive to the mega sponsors, you do need the multiple cars. You need to have a lot of exposure. Um, so fragmenting the team into uh, lots of single car uh, signage, it does weaken the, the, the brand a bit. Because that is the news, Jacob, that Dick Johnson Racing is doing. Stephen Johnson and, and uh, James Moffat are going to be under Cameron Clacy. Oh, sorry, it will be under um, Richard Swan. Richard Swan. And uh, Cameron Clacy... Uh, Clancy will be the manager of Fiori and Steve Owen's cars. Now, here, as Peter said, the two Jim Beam cars aren't even going to be managed by the same person. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Um, I think Malcolm Malcolm Swinham obviously left, and and that left a, a big hole. Uh, the only way, my um, my guess, my best guess is that what's happened is that. Neither Richard nor Cameron were, were keen to take on four cars and, and jump right in the deep end there. Maybe this is a feeling-out process. Um, I think it would be great if this was a feeling-out process and then one or two, one of the two of those guys would step up and take on all four cars moving forward. I think you, you definitely run the risk of having too many cooks spoiling the broth when you've got too many people who are more or less in an equal role both very much in charge of their own program and, and with different philosophies uh, working in the same garage. So it's concerning a little bit that you split those cars up, but also we've got to understand that DJR is in a in a rebuilding phase and, and in a growth phase and and really treading new ground for, for that squad. So, um, you know, I think 
some of those transition things you forgive and, and they make sense and they're a good move. We really, I have no idea what effect that'll have on the track at the moment. I really, if I tried to guess, I'd, I'd come out looking really stupid. I just think, um, you know, it'll be interesting to watch over the weekend. It's a, it's a great story to watch over the weekend and I'll, uh, you know, I think it's one that we definitely should revisit uh, next week once we've seen how this goes. Mm. Now, and something that's a little bit related, um, something that I half expected to happen over the off-season um, was a, a response to the fact that uh, Craig Lowndes, Jamie Wincup can't pit at the same time. Uh, you could argue that Craig Lowndes lost Bathurst because he had to queue uh, for his pit stop. What I expected over the off-season is for Triple Eight to have a, a third car and therefore have two pit booms and uh, be able to pit the, the two cars notionally under two separate garages. Um, the, the Jim Beam cars, they can pit at the same time this way, can't they? Mm, but it sort of smacks that they're not the Jim Beam team. It's, it's Stephen and Moff up against Dean and, uh, uh, and Steve Owen. It, it just smacks that it's, it's really not horses for courses over there. Anyway... We could be proven wrong, or I could be anyway, and that won't be the first time. One swap that has happened, and I first have to preface it by saying congratulations to uh, Jason Bright and Lucy Peacock on the news that they're, uh, well, Jason's about to become a dad, Lucy a mum, but a a swap that's not really a surprise because Phil Keane and Jason just haven't been clicking as well as they'd like, and it's going to start in Hamilton that Phil will be Fabian Coulthard's engineer, whilst Bright will have Andrew Edwards. And, uh, Peter, I I know you have seen the writing on the wall here for a while. Um, Yes, they're a a funny uh, team, uh, Bright and and Phil Keed. When the magic's there, by crikey, they can create some special things. And we saw that uh, last year in Perth and also at Winton. Uh, That shows the, the potential that they can get to. But when the magic's not working, whether it's communication or it's just fundamentally the hardware that they're running, um, you see them 20th and and further back than that. And I I guess in some respects that has been shown up by uh, Coulthard coming in and getting more consistent results. Um, So it's interesting that uh, Brad Jones Racing want to break up a combination that is working on uh, Coulthard's car uh, and... You know, maybe the, the theory is to, to, to share the knowledge and, and love around um, and maybe they can make a consistent result for the home for the whole team. It's an interesting one to watch. Mm. Jacob, your thoughts? Yeah, you raise a really good point there. I'm not sure how I'd feel if I was Fabian Coulthard and I'd come into a new team and things were going really well with my engineer and, and I, was, I was scoring some pretty solid results and then had him yanked out from under me. But... Um, you know whether or not that's how he feels about it or not is a, a different story. But it, it's unfortunate that if there is an issue with Jason Bright and Phil Kidd and they're not clicking and they need a change there, that Fabian Coulthard has to be the one who's who is bumped. To, you know, <laughs> who, who sees his relationship split up. Mm. Although, you know, you wouldn't be disappointed. Phil Kidd is a very, very good engineer. It's it's obvious that uh, Brighty thinks that they can get more from the swap, and uh, obviously Brad and Kim have agreed to it because it's not going to happen without their tick of approval. Oh, keep the gun, for sure. It is the issue that uh, Jason Bright is also also a very good engineer. 
well, you've got two engineers on the one car. And particularly when they've got, as you said, they're, they're the odd couple. You've got Felix and you've got, uh, oh, isn't it terrible when you uh, forget the other part of the odd couple's name? What's yeah. the odd couple? <laughs> Jacob, thank you. You can Google that one later, listeners. Hey, it's, uh, it is interesting as we wrap this one up here on the V8 Insiders. And, uh, guys, I have to ask, who's going to win in Hamilton? Uh, uh, I'm going to go put 10 bucks on Lee Holdsworth because they're giving me great odds, and I'm going to cover it with a bet on Jamie Wincup. Not, not that we discuss gambling uh, or support the gambling on V8 supercars and uh, until we get a betting sponsor we will keep that line Peter Norton uh, yes that, that sounds good and uh, there seems to be plenty of companies out there that uh, do like to sponsor uh, to promote their, their betting operations so uh, yeah we'll watch that space um, oh yeah Lee Holdsworth that's a pretty smart uh, selection that one uh, but uh, I, I can't uh, double up on that one um, I think uh, uh, pro- probably uh, uh, selecting with my heart more than my head. I'd, I'd like to see Craig Lowndes do well, um, and I think that he's got a bit of a you know, fighting spirit and a few things to prove. Uh, he hasn't had the best of luck there in the past, um, but we saw through the end of last year uh, he's got some real fire in his belly, and uh, we could see some big things. Well, after giving Stephen Johnson the kiss of death in round one and James Courtney the kiss of death in round number two, it's Jamie Wincup's turn for me to say he's going to win on the weekend. So we'll see how quickly that goes out the back door. He's coming up on the white flag lap. He will not thank me for tipping him this week, I'm sure. But Jacob Black, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Craig. And also, Peter Norton, good to have you back. Uh, thanks, gents. Always good fun. The white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders on this week's White Flag Lap. We catch up with Jamie Winkup, the series champion, who heads back to Hamilton. It's the final race at Hamilton. And it's a tricky circuit. For sure, I've had um, sweet and sour memories of uh, the Hamilton Street track. I rode the car off the first year and, uh, and I've had a couple of good victories there as well. So who knows what we're going to get. It's a crazy little track with a, with a really unique um, backstroke chicane. Um, but uh, my personal favourite, I love the industrial area, the, the last section of the circuit. There's some uh, awesome flow through there. And, can't wait, to, uh, can't wait to get the beast out there. And being the last time that uh, you get to run on this track, it will make it a special victory for whoever stands on the top of the dice. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's always, um, when we go to a new track, the first event, the last event, it's always a little bit more special than the ones in between. So I'm sure we'll all be going out there going hard to try to get that uh, the last name on the... Uh, on the it's actually the Mark Porter trophy, which I'm sure will go on to the next circuit. Um, that we go to over again there. And of course, uh, one other thing is that you have a, a unique position. When you speak to the New Zealand drivers, they're always talking about the race in New Zealand and how there has to be a race in New Zealand. 
How can you as an Australian talk about the difference between the fans in New Zealand and the fans in Australia? There's not a huge amount of difference. You know, obviously uh, both New Zealand and Australian fans are very, very passionate. They love their fast cars and um, they love their motorsport. sport. So we really pride ourselves on being a, a truly national sport um, and you know, we involve New Zealand in that as well. So without doubt, there will always be a New Zealand round of Hamilton my thanks to Jamie Wincup there, also to Peter Norton and Jacob Black as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.